Welcome back to another unfavorable episode of the Burning Eden Podcast. I am Bath, your suave, smooth, spicy Satanist. And I'm Mel, your favorite big titty heathen. So, Bath, I saw that you are finally a U.S. citizen. (sighs) Yeah, terrible timing. I know. Yeah, well, I mean, at least now you can be officially as miserable as the rest of us. I mean, Mel, it's like it's like buying a ticket to the Titanic after it already hit the iceberg. It's like having buyer's remorse before buying the product. It's like wanting to pull out, but the kid's already in college. (laughs) Yes. Help. (laughs) Don't worry, Beth. Don't worry. Your rights will be taken away very shortly. Can't wait. On today's episode, we have the incomparable holy kool-aid well holy shit what is up Welcome. thomas hey congratulations on your citizenship now you yeah, can yeah. vote and make all our problems right again. yeah yeah that's uh, just, just you alone uh, <laughs> you get to make america great again oh. <laughs> honestly that's really the only thing i'm excited about that i'm going to be able to vote and you know have like a, a passport whatever but other than that, uh, I need a shower. You know, <laughs> just a cold. Shower. See, I'm I'm worried that if if this country really does become like an authoritarian nation, where you know mm-hmm. democracy goes the way of the dodo and stuff, which you know I don't think we're quite there yet. Mm-hmm. But it's it, you know there's definitely some you know warning signs on the horizon, and it, I'm worried that if it goes that way then we're going to experience for the first time a like, like my entire life i've always thought well the american passport is one of the most powerful passports you can get into almost any country in the world right and so at least i can always like leave and travel somewhere else right but oh god what if that no longer becomes the case and all of a sudden ha! America becomes a third world authoritarian country and everyone is in this mass exodus and all these other countries are like, Hey, you know, there's all these immigrants fleeing from America. Then we would be in the exact reverse position that we've been in for the last couple hundred years. Yeah. Well, I I have dual citizenship now because I am from Peru. So I still have my, my passport, you know, and I should get that while I, while I have a chance. (laughs) Uh, but but yeah welcome to the show yeah welcome to the <laughs> shit show sir thank you um, so much but before we get going do y'all mm. know what time it is uh what time is it mel it's time for the bible verse of the day i was gonna <laughs> say hammer time but <laughs> i mean <laughs> is that a trademark <laughs> uh it might be <laughs> Today's Bible verse is sponsored by After the Rapture Pet Care. Are you worried about your pets after the rapture? For just $10, you can register up to three pets for volunteer caretakers to look after them. Volunteers for the service are atheists and non-Christians who love animals so much, they've agreed to care for the animals after an, ap- and after an ap- apocalypse they don't believe in. <laughs> Sign up now. After the Rapture Pet Care. Love it. Some Love straight it. up Jim Baker level. Jim Baker. 
Well, per tradition, we would love the guests to read the Bible verse of the day. So what do you have for us, Mr. Holy Kool-Aid? So my, my Bible verse of the day is an intelligent heart acquires knowledge and the ear of the wise seeks knowledge. So, hmm. yeah, you know, but what, what I love about this Bible verse is that one it's just a good thing to live by. Like if you're smart, you're going to go out and seek knowledge and, and learn more. The, and two, it was acquiring knowledge that led me away from the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I love it. And also, I, I, th there's part of me that thinks it should be that, you know, the mind or the brain acquires knowledge. But, you know, I think maybe in ancient times they had it backwards and thought that the heart was, uh, mm. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. And that was... The of the day. <laughs> so uh, for people who don't know who you are, can you give us uh, a little bit about your religious background and how you got where you are today? Absolutely. I was a young earth creationist, evangelical Christian missionary Fuck. kid mm. wow. in um, a former Soviet Muslim country. I got really really into my faith. I was a church camp counselor, a youth pastor, oh, worship leader. Wow. I was part of a Christian fraternity, went to a Christian university for one year before I transferred to Texas A&M mm. and going through college, taking a bunch of courses, online classes, watching TED talks, reading a bunch of books. I kind of slowly, gradually got out of it. I went from ultra kind of conservative hmm. literalist to hmm. more of a liberal hell isn't real or at least it's not eternal torment and then i don't believe in demons and satan and once that fear was kind of gone yeah. i started realizing a lot of the stuff i'd been taught was not true and i kind of mm. on a couple fronts and realized evolution was a thing and the earth isn't six thousand years old and it was just one like kind of one domino led to the next mm -hmm. and eventually right. i found myself on the other side and right around the time that i saw trump getting elected i i saw this huge surge in Christian nationalism. Not that mm. it didn't already exist throughout the South, but it right. really came to a head. Yes. And I felt like I needed to kind of get my voice out there and talk about these things. And these are important issues. I want to go where the truth leads. Mm -hmm. And so as I would have these aha moments, I wanted to encapsulate them in video format to have this conversation at a wide scale. And so I, I started a channel called Holy Kool-Aid where mm -hmm. I, I do that, where I'll take complex topics, break them down in laser focused videos, often animated and blast them out there and they've that's awesome you know, been a hit reached millions of people and that's great yeah so. <laughs> episode over now <laughs> yeah well, that was a great <laughs> thank episode you, thank you so much thomas <laughs> god <laughs> um so what does a christian fraternity look like yeah what the that fuck like, oh. I, my brain I stopped bro for jesus oh, I'm like, what does that even look like no <laughs> I love you because you are the first person to ask me that question in the last, like, how many years have we doing this? And it's, it's, it's very weird. It's very weird. So a Christian fraternity is like a regular fraternity where you've got all of the stupidity and, like, the bro stuff. You know, like all of the, the hardcore dude bro stuff. But without the alcohol, without the sex, without the drugs, without like the parties, without right. the terrible, you, know, <laughs> you, you, you take all of that out and it's just a bunch of guys going, around, oh, yeah, dude, bro. Yeah, Jesus is awesome, man. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so I, just... 
I got into it because one of my friends who I was a church camp counselor with, mm. when I came to A&M, he was in this fraternity and I didn't know anyone. I didn't really have any friends. So I was like, hey, I can join this and maybe I'll get plugged into this group of friends. And I learned very quickly that fraternities are basically a way of paying for fake friends. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you know, you, your leader is fake, like Jesus, you know, <laughs> you pay your dues yeah, and you yeah. know, all of a sudden you've got a bunch of guys that are like, oh yeah, we're the best. We're a part of this group. <laughs> you know, and, oh my God. And, you know, they've got a bunch of Greek letters and stuff, you know, like next to the name or whatever. But it's like yeah. they the, the the whole initiation process, you can't really do hazing anymore. Are you, were you crucified? Please tell me you were crucified. <laughs> please, please. You get whipped like Jesus? <laughs> I, I wasn't. Oh, um, damn. Damn. But like part of their their initiation process, instead of like oh yeah you've got a you know we've got this rival frat and there's like pranks you gotta pull and like steal their mascot or whatever like instead of any of that like kind of fun yeah. stuff that's like <laughs> yeah it might be a little bit crazy and immature but you're a freshman in college who cares right right, yeah. right. instead of that we had to meet with our upperclassmen fraternity brothers mm. and tell our testimony and have them share their oh, testimony with no. us. and we had to do that to like 20 different pledge brothers <laughs> and so you're you're sitting down with them being like all right so what's what's your testimony how did you know how did you uh, come to know jesus and literally i kid you not probably 10 out of 10 at least like 95 out of 100 would start off by just saying well i uh grew up in a christian home and it that was so common yeah. that literally it got to a point where we just had an initial for like an acronym for it where we would just write Gruick, like grew up in a Christian home. We're, oh. supposed to, <laughs> we're supposed to be taking notes, right? Right. We're, we're, we're taking notes, <laughs> oh, of, you no. know, so we can show like in our our paper that oh yeah we actually did this interview, yeah. but everyone's busy and they got class and stuff. And yeah. So like, oh yeah. Can you you know I got to get you know two more before the next meeting so like yeah. let's meet at lunch oh my god but isn't later. that funny though isn't it funny that they grew happen to grow up in a christian home and they yeah. happen to find jesus like mm. what yeah <laughs> and like all of us everyone wants to have a cool testimony because you know you yeah. always hear like you've got that guy that comes into church and she's like oh man i got like hardcore into drugs and yeah, i yeah. was like you know, I'm, you know, I, at my wits end, I didn't know what to do. And all of a sudden, just like I saw someone in, on TV and it just like the Holy Spirit hit me and I never touched heroin again. Yeah. <laughs> right, right, right. So, like, you, you hear those types of stories and it's just like, you know, you're like, wow, like it's a miracle. I want a miracle. Like, Jeez. man, why don't I? And so you're like, well, do, what do I do? Do I like just go out and like minister in the gutters and like on the street corners and stuff and like have these intense experiences? Yeah. Do I like you know, oh, you know, there's there's even a Bible verse where Paul says, you know, what should we sin so that, you know, grace can increase or something? He's like, no, we should, probably shouldn't do that. But like <laughs> the mindset is I want to have a cool testimony too so that I can win other people to, to Jesus. Right. And, and I think that like whenever I would sit down with other frat brothers and, and we'd be talking about, you know, our, our backgrounds and our, our testimonies, it just became so like just boring like every mm. single one was well I, I grew up in a christian home but it, it wasn't really real to me and then i you know I, I i went to church pretty much my whole life but but then there was a point when i i realized like you know i 
like I actually believe this. And then like I read John three sixteen. And oh then- my god! <laughs> and it's oh it's just, Lord. like it's, it's painfully just insulated. It's just, and yeah. and I remember one frat meeting where they they had us fill out these anonymous questionnaires where you would they they handed out all these these papers mm-hmm. and they would ask you questions like you know how often do you like do you struggle with pornography and how often do you look at porn uh are are you gay or like do you do you struggle with gay thoughts and feelings like it wasn't are you gay it was obviously like right, it was a right. choice, not a you know identity um yeah and so like there there were all these things you know sins that they would have you know do you you know struggle with you know drug addiction and alcohol and all this stuff mm. And they they had us all write it down on a you know piece of paper, and then we handed it all to the front without our names on it, and they like mixed them all up, and then handed them all back out to the rest of us oh without names God. on them. And then whenever they would read off a question, if yours said yes, then you would stand just so that the group would kind of get a representation. They knew that it, it wasn't your piece of paper, but yeah. to get right. kind of a representation of like how many people in the group had this particular uh, i fucking hate that shit man that's like all about shaming and control yeah. and purity well, culture and, uh. i think in this this particular instance it wasn't so much about direct shaming it wasn't like you do this or struggle but it right. was the mindset of like these things are bad and like right. gay mm. stuff is, is a sin and, and whatnot and i remember when like you know, there were, there were quite a few people that, you know, stood up for, you know, various things like, you know, drugs and alcohol and stuff like that and sex. Mm-hmm. And, and it, it was really common. Mm-hmm. And then they got to the, the one about like, uh, how many of you have, you know, gay thoughts or feelings or, or, or struggles or whatever. And it was like this huge percentage of them. At like more so than the general public, like more so than the the general population. What? <laughs> what, what what is the the percentage of guys who are gay? Like what is it five or ten oh, percent or something like I that? Have no idea, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's not a. It's not a, obviously it's a spectrum. So like you have people, you know, who right. are all across. It's it's not just like hey, this five percent mm. are and no one else is. Right. But it's. I I just remember like looking around me and it was something like twenty percent of the room or something that stood up, oh. and I was like. So basically all of these guys are just like closet right. closeted and right. they're, they're hiding it and they're not being like honest and open. Cause it's like shameful and stuff. Mm-hmm. And oh, I yeah. actually just today, I saw like an old um, fraternity brother online, like not in person, but like I, mm-hmm. I found his, his Facebook mm-hmm. and apparently like he's, he's posting all this stuff about like how like, liberating it was to come out of the closet and stuff that was like 10 years ago that we were in the frat together right right so like seeing him posting this stuff now is like good for him man like right yeah he's being honest he's being sincere in his true self you know right but it's, awesome. it's crazy like the the whole i i i remember i'll give you one other story because I, I know that was just one question i know but, no, but no, like it's fine. I, we love this stories. is insane i like but i love this <laughs> we had a a social like a a mixer thing where normally when you have socials in frats you'll mm-hmm. get like a beer keg and people will be doing yeah. headstands and you'll just it'll be crazy and wild and you know it's usually at like a frat house and mm-hmm. like stuff gets broken and trash but like everyone's just having fun and like being crazy and wild and you know you have 
your sister sorority or whatever over and like people are pairing up and you know making out and stuff at our mixer we did kind of the same type of thing where we had a big house and a big outdoor backyard and we had like music playing and stuff but we didn't have a frat house so it was just at like someone's like big backyard and it was in like a residential area so like we had to keep the noise down and like end it by like 10 o'clock or something (laughs) fuck and 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 at the same time we couldn't have beer and so red solo cups but they had soda in them so everyone's walking around drinking drinking coke and and pepsi and like i was really hoping you would be like we just did communion we had wafers (laughs) we did like a shot glass of wine you know know. we we did that at our meetings at our meetings like like, communion stuff like you would literally like get together and we would have like worship and someone would be like playing the piano and like singing and we're Mm. just but it's literally just a bunch of dudes so it's like we're all just kind of like almost like a male choir just facing the front all like singing and like these you oh know voices and and then like someone would get up and like share something you know some message that was like meaningful to them and then they'd be like right. you know all right what's the you know kind of give us a status update of things that are going on and stuff and like we even got lectured for when doing the testimonies apparently some of the the upperclassmen would like look at the books and instead of actually taking notes because no all the testimonies were the same there wasn't anything unique to take right, right. So, like they'd look at the testimonies and they're like guys writing gruick does not count as getting someone's question <laughs> 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 oh my god damn it that's so yeah we we did that and then we we had like a uh, a formal we went up to dallas for like this dance and mm. And it was like we we wanted it to be cool, you know. We had like nice <sighs> dinner was delicious. They had like yeah. some steak dinner or something. And I asked this girl out from a um, we had a, a mixer with a, uh, a sorority, mm-hmm. and okay. so it was a, a Christian sorority, of course. And right, so like true. I had this this Christian girl come along, and like obviously we we all stayed in like different houses. And then we like met up and, you know, we all got dressed up and went to this social or not social, uh, formal. And at the formal, you know, there was like dancing and stuff, but it was the whole time, it, you know, it was kind of like a leave room for Jesus. I was going to say leave room for Jesus. I was about to ask you about that. <laughs> oh, like, so, wow. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they're, they're doing like crazy, like kind of, you know, just like oh my dances God. like you were expecting like a, a junior high type thing. Right, and, you know, right. and who knows what else. But like. <laughs> whenever and i think we had like line dances and things and 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 stuff but you there was no like grinding like the lights were always bright it wasn't like darkened at all and it was it was more of a they played club music but a lot of it was like christian club (laughs) i don't know what that is like Like lecrae like like, the remix is like like, god isn't (laughs) the remix fucking like (laughs) no they've actually nowadays they have like they have pretty much every possible variation of, you know, you, you have all these secular bands mm-hmm. and they've got like a Christian alternative. Oh, you know, yeah. so yep. <laughs> on, on the secular side, you had like, you know, in sync and Backstreet Boys and right. Christians had like plus one. Plus <laughs> like, one. <laughs> you know, it's it it like me and Jesus. <laughs> oh my God. I just, like all i imagine is just like jesus in that you know three feet of space just grinding on you you know just like twerking just fucking just no, going, jesus going is grinding on everyone on- <laughs> 
I, mm. I would pay to fucking see that. Like, I want to see a video of just this whole thing. It's like one of those, <laughs> those, one of those TikTok effects where it's just like a million Jesus is right? and he's just like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, just a fun time. That sounds oh amazing. That's a lot of Jesus, <laughs> man. That, is that was my Christian fraternity experience. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, like, <laughs> how wow. long were you in that for? Um, I was only in that one for a year. Okay, okay. All, right, all right. Um, I I was in first as a you know as a pledge, and mm-hmm. then as a uh, upperclassman or whatever, mm-hmm. a, a frat brother, frat daddy, whatever you want to call him. And there was <laughs> the, the final initiation ceremony. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna catch flack and catch shit for giving please, away the secret ritual. Please tell me, tell us, tell our audience. So so there was there was like this candlelight ceremony in a church where it's like you you are being initiated mm. and you walk up and like your your you know uh, pledge brother is like sitting up there at the front and everyone's like in like suits and all dressed up and stuff and you you come to the front and like as you're initiated they do like this this handshake but like as they do the handshake they I don't know if you can see, but like they would take the the <laughs> finger no, 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 like no. that, and it was like representing like the nail that like went in. Jesus. <laughs> God. It's not a cult, Mal. It's not a cult. It's not a cult. It's not a cult. No, no. this is this you know is what? normal. The, the next time I see you, Bev, I'm gonna do that too. We're gonna shake hands, <laughs> and I'm gonna be like, "Yeah, Jesus, man, Jesus, just uh, yeah. just finger that hole." <laughs> <laughs> So the blessing of the Lord be upon you. <laughs> <laughs> I, like, I, I think there was something that we like uttered or some words that we said or something, but I, I genuinely don't remember because this was like, God damn it. This would have been like 2010. Okay. Yeah. All right. It was like 12 years ago. Holy yeah. shit, man. We're all old. I'm getting old. <laughs> We're getting old. Well, they really dragged the Kool Aid, didn't they? yeah how old are you if you don't mind me asking i am 32 okay we're older than you yeah so (laughs) i I still have hopefully a a few years mel is the oldest though she's like a like a senior i'll be 35 in two days (laughs) you're not that much older uh, (laughs) she gets aarp already (laughs) when when i hit 30 i definitely had kind of this this early early midlife crisis where i was like (laughs) Damn, I thought by by the time I hit this age, I'd be like, you know, ruling the world or at least mm. a millionaire or something, you know. <laughs> Psych. I have, mean, have like this huge business empire or who knows what. I mean, you have a great library, so that's yeah. something. Yeah, like. it's beautiful. A great collection, <laughs> sir. Great, collection. <laughs> great library. Oh, no. <laughs> you fooled me. You're spoiling you know? all, the, all the secrets. To you the fooled me, because I really thought that was your giant ass library, but you know. It's like a painting, like a gorgeous painting. Right. <laughs> God damn it. God damn so, Thomas, I wanted to ask you a little more about your deconstruction process, your mm-hmm. journey, because uh, you, you kind of flew by it in like 20 seconds at the beginning, which is great, but uh, <laughs> I would like to learn a little more about the process. Like you said that the fear of hell and demons was one of the first things that you kind of deconstructed when you started doubting your faith. Mm. Is that what it was? Um, well, so so I, I technically the evolution thing kind oh, of the evolution. started oh, to, to yeah. 
crumble first where i was like eh, I, I think probably like the earth is old and yeah you know god just used evolution as like a way of creating things mm-hmm. but there, there was a point where i was i was watching a, a video <clears throat> a youtube video by um 43 alley and it's it's unfortunately the video is not up anymore like he took mm-hmm. down pretty much all the videos that had him in it i don't know if it was like because he had some job thing and he wanted yeah. privacy or what but like his his channel's almost entirely stripped unfortunately hmm. but in that video he talked about how he he was sitting in like a college class like a religious studies type course and there was a rabbi that came in and this this rabbi was saying that oh yeah we don't really believe in hell the way that you guys do hmm. and he's just like what like what <clears throat> You mean this thing that I've been terrified of that has been like controlling my life, Judaism, which is the the chosen uh, people, the, the origin of right. Christianity, where oh, it all came out of. <laughs> right, like, right, right. We had the original stuff. These are the scholars that right. you know know this stuff, and then right. this just kind of added to it. They don't believe in hell. <laughs> what what do you believe? And it, it turns out like you you start looking at like the history and the evolution of this concept of hell, and throughout pretty much the entire old testament the notion and the idea of eternal suffering and eternal hellfire and eternal stuff like it really doesn't start to emerge until after you get to like jesus in the new testament like there's a few verses that kind of might hint at it after the return from babylonian exile and as you have like you know the the persian conquest and the greeks and stuff like you have these ideas start to kind of slowly emerge in the culture but you look traditionally and there's this notion of like Sheol or like mm. the underworld. And it's right. just where, where everyone goes, whether mm-hmm. you're, you're good or evil, there's notions of, I think in Ezekiel, there's a verse about that talks about like corpses being like burned, but it's mm. not while they're alive. It's like, they are dead. They're not experiencing. It's not this eternal suffering, right. you know? And it's so the, the gnashing of the teeth, right? Isn't mm. that, um, that comes around with like later. That's a different one. Oh, okay. Mm. And, and there's there's almost certainly influences from surrounding cultures. So if, if you read through like the Aeneid um, or by, by Virgil or um, if you read through like the, the Odyssey and the Iliad and mm. stuff, I think there's like a part where they travel into the underworld and there's like a couple of verses that talk about like the screaming and the eternal torment and torture mm. and stuff based off of like transgressions within this life. Mm-hmm. And so obviously as you have, you know, for an extended period of time a few hundred years you have this conquest by greece they take over you know huge chunks of the world and Mm -hmm. their culture is just exported throughout and everyone is speaking greek everyone is learning how to well not everyone's learning how to read and write but those who do are studying greek classics Mm -hmm. and so they're they're incorporating especially among the educated elite a lot of these ideas yeah and because religion was not nearly as um, kind of divided in the way that we think of it today, where it's like, you're a Christian, you're a Muslim, you're whatever. Like yeah. there was an, an exodus after the, um, after the, the Jews were um, sent into exile in Babylon, mm-hmm. then there was kind of from that point onwards, there was a diaspora of Jews throughout the, the known world. And so you would have synagogues in various places mm-hmm. and you would have different people coming from, you know, the, in, in major towns and stuff who would 
go to all of the temples because why not get on the good side of all of the gods right, <laughs> right? Yeah. and so you know, you'd go to one temple and like learn about it and give your offerings and go to another one and, and you know because it was very like polytheistic yeah culture mm, that's and, interesting and so you have this this kind of like mixing and mingling of of ideas and cultures and stuff and in that backdrop you have all of a sudden, you know, Jesus emerging as, as a teacher. And you have, at this point, Judaism has, has become, or Second Temple Judaism has become a religion, whereas before that, before, you know, Josiah, before it was, Josiah was a king that kind of brought all these ideas together and made more of like a centralized, mm. more monotheistic version of Judaism. Before that, they just call it like ancient um, Israelite religion. Mm. And it, it wasn't monotheistic at all. It was monolatristic. And possibly even polytheistic hmm. where they had this idea of maybe Yahweh was kind of at the top, but he sat on the council of the gods and there were like 70 gods that were sort of under him that yeah. were all had different gods assigned to different areas, different regions. So Israel, right. like the nation of Israel and Judah and stuff like their God was supposed to be Yahweh, but right. then other gods had, you know, Malek and Baal mm -hmm. and El and, and stuff. And so in this whole backdrop, as you have this, this new religion kind of starting to emerge, there isn't really a notion of eternal suffering and eternal hellfire and eternal damnation and stuff. It's just like when God takes out his wrath on the nations, it's like this collective thing, like the nation as a whole has been not following me. And so I'm going to like send in an army and wipe them, you know, wipe them out and have them suffer until they come back to me. And, and, and it's kind of this ongoing process throughout life, but it's more at a communal level. Mm -hmm. And then once you start getting into the, the new testament then you have these ideas where like by the time you get to revelation it's just like this holy crap mm. like if you don't follow then there's just going to be this beast and this eternal right. horrible horrific thing in the end times and it becomes more like apocalyptic yeah so like you have elements of apocalypticism within daniel but it's not so much like it's apocalypticism more was just knowledge about the end times mm -hmm. rather than like fire and brimstone mm -hmm. if that makes sense and then okay. it kind of morphed into that. So as I as I learned this, I realized, hey man, like this notion of hell is so obviously man-made and it's so mm. clearly man-made. And if the ancient Jews didn't believe in hell, and if this concept we can trace yeah. the origins of it, and as as it goes on, it gets even worse. And in later times, you have, you know, the sermons by like Jonathan Edwards of like sinners in the hands of an angry God, like you're gonna, you know, burn for eternity. So you gotta turn or burn. You have things like Dante's Inferno going, traveling into hell and seeing all the different layers yep. of the, right. the Bible anywhere. And yeah. it's just like these horrible, horrific fan fiction. Yeah. yeah. And then, then he also has, you know, uh, paradise and purgatory and like purgatory is not really a concept in the Bible either. Right. But, and paradise lost too, um, hmm. by Milton. Um, yeah. that's another hmm. one that had a lot of influence in that concept. Yeah. So you, you have this evolution of this, this idea of the afterlife and hell and suffering and stuff. And once I realized that I was like, okay, I, I don't think that one, I, I don't think that hell is real, but also I think that if God was a just God, there's no way that he would create an eternal punishment for a finite crime. Exactly. Mm. That yep. just yep. doesn't yep. add up. Right. You can have the worst person on the planet. You can have, you know, Hitler or Stalin or Mao mm -hmm. or Pol Pot or whoever you want to, you know, list and say that that person is responsible for the deaths of just throwing out, you know, random number, 10 million, 5 million, 20 million people. Maybe the 
suffering and torture of 3 million or whatever, mm -hmm. right? Just punishment for that person would be to make that person live out all of the suffering that they imposed on others. So let's say that you kill five people, you, you are, you know, killed and, and tormented the way that you did to them five times. If you did it a million times, you have to suffer a million times. Like that's horrible, horrific suffering you've got to go through, but right. it's equal but to- But it ends and it ends at some point. Yes. So yeah. that's that's kind of the the idea of like, at least in the, the early sense, like in, in the, the Bible, the whole eye for an eye and tooth for a tooth, which goes back to like the code of Hammurabi and stuff. Like right. that notion is- justice in the the sense of like equal like mm. equality of like you get what you dish out right um mm -hmm. to say that someone has an eternal suffering for a finite crime that's not justice and it's certainly not mercy and love and kindness mm. and stuff and if if the only way that a god can you know save you from that is to convince you that they're real and they died for you and you have to believe it on faith that's a pretty bad system because like god yeah. knows what it would take to convince us right, right. and it chooses not to provide that information and the, or that evidence or whatever to to connect with us to to change our minds and like i can't control what i believe mm -hmm. so if i can't control what i believe i you know because and and for people who who disagree with me let, let me verify what i mean right if right. let's say that mel let's say that bath comes up to you and puts a, a shotgun in your face and says <laughs> you have to believe right now that thomas is not a human but is in fact a cell phone <laughs> and you say i believe it i believe it i swear i believe it i believe it i right, right. Believe it. I, I i you know i i've never wanted to believe something so hard in my life but like i really really right. want to believe that thomas right. is a cell phone so i believe it you don't believe it you know right that. You, right. you know, you right. know from everything. You've never seen a cell phone, you know, talk and communicate like this. You've never seen a cell phone with such gorgeous, sexy. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I'm incredibly I suspicious right now. <laughs> You're a cell phone. <laughs> <laughs> you can lie and you can say that you believe it. Right, right. Exactly. You don't. Right. And so if if that's the case, then the only requirement for us to be saved from this eternal unjust horrific suffering in the afterlife is something that we can't choose even if we wanted to and then then there's the question of is free will even real like that's mm. that's a whole another can of worms that'll take a whole episode just to explore. <laughs> if, if, if that's all the case then i just found myself at a point where i was like you know what i think if god is real and if god is loving then hell is impossible. Like these, these two things are not, unless it's outside right. of his control and he's not all powerful or she's not all powerful. And that, that this, this notion of hell is there's some evil being that does it and God is trying to save us. But then it's like, why is belief in him? The, the requirement for some requirement. And if, yep. And if mm. this God's all powerful, wouldn't it be able to like, just come down and be like, Oh, by the way, Hey, uh, <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> you know, I, I know you need to believe in me. Like just yeah. uh, pop in. And this God creates the, the requirements and the conditions for what is a sin and what is not a sin. Mm -hmm. So he's supposed to be all-knowing, yeah. but at the same time, right. he kind of already knows the, what you're going to do. Yeah. And so why even create a you know creation with the ability to not follow, to not believe, to doubt? 
Mm. Is this just like a sick game? Are we like a game of Sims? Like, is this what like the Squid fuck? Games? Like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know what I mean? Really? It's all a setup. It's a it's it, we, literally Eve was framed. You know, Eve and... was framed. In a way, it is because, like, when you think about it, God knows our psychology. He knows mm. how, yeah. how we think, and He gave us th- this lump of meat. And programmed it a particular way. And as you start learning more about the human mind and psychology and neuroscience, you start to realize that your brain, there's, there's elements of your neuroanatomy that literally shape the way that you feel that is outside Mm. of your control. That's dictated by your genetics. I'll give you one example. There's a a little spot in your brain called the amygdala. It's this, this little uh, piece of your, your brain's Mm. anatomy. And if that little thing, that, that small little, amygdala is just a little smaller than average or if the connections between the amygdala and the, the rest of the brain just aren't functioning quite as well they're not it's not quite as as integrated as in most people's brains you're more likely significantly more likely to be uh, to develop psychopathic tendencies to mm. be more violent oh. Shit. To engage in riskier behavior. Well, that explains Mel. I mean, I mean... <laughs> and that is something that is entirely, entirely outside of your control. Mm-hmm. You don't choose. People don't choose whether or not they're going to be a psychopath. Right. And then if let's say that then you're born into an abusive family and you're going through trauma and you're constantly experiencing traumatic events. Right. Your brain is being flooded with stress chemicals mm-hmm. and it's not it's not this you know kind of short term like hey i'm about to run a race and so i get like you know a bunch in cortisol and i sprint and then it kind right. of comes back down yeah you're constantly living mm-hmm. that hell to the point where your body's never able to quite recover cortisol and, yeah. and you're you know and you got adrenaline shooting through your veins you got uh, glucocorticoids like you've got all the, these chemicals that are raising your stress levels mm-hmm. at a chronic state where your you know your your heart rate's elevated, you've got increased blood pressure, you know your your brain starts to adapt. It mm-hmm. starts to adapt to like which neurotransmitters is it gonna you know receive? It doesn't need to you know create more receptors, you know, mm-hmm. because it's there's too much whatever. Like there, there's all these adaptations that are going on chemically in your brain yep. that are making you more likely to develop anxiety and depression and PTSD and trauma and, and all of this stuff, BPD, you know, it's, and so if that's something that like you're born into a situation where God's like, Hey, guess what? I'm going to put you in this family. And like, you're going to develop all these mood disorders and all this mm. you know, horrible trauma and stuff. Then it's, and instead of giving you a brain that can handle it, I'm going to make you a psychopath. And, now, and yeah. And then I'm going <laughs> to you hell. It's just that, it's, that system to me, it doesn't make sense in, in a biblical framework. It just doesn't. I agree. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's really good at explaining that as well. Uh, Shannon, Shannon Q. Shannon oh, Q. she's a fucking genius. I love her. Yeah. Shout out to Shannon Q. <laughs> we have to get her back on. Yes. I love her. Um, so how long have you been on YouTube uh, as, as an atheist? Did, did you start as an atheist or did you have other content? Or Well, I, I did. I mean, technically... These aren't the first videos I've made. Mm. I, I've been making videos since I was in high school, but the first videos that I made were like these really low quality stop motion Lego videos where I, I, I had a one megapixel camera and I'd like yeah. take a photo and then like move it a tiny bit, take a photo and like eventually you stitch all the photos together and you got yeah. this guy walking. <laughs> and I, I awesome. made maybe like 
five of those and then I, I entered into a film competition at AM oh, and I I won that competition. It was on like diversity and I made some like kinetic typography, like poetry type videos where I was like learning after effects. And so I like had mm. things coming in and like words coming in in different oh. ways. Yeah. Um, but eventually I just wanted to get some of these ideas out there. I had a mm. hard time communicating my thoughts with family and I thought maybe if I like put it in a video form then they mm. can't interrupt me and I can just share those with them right right Throw me I, on the Lego man <laughs> the Lego. Yeah. As, as I started making the videos I just I got way too into it and it like yeah. I kind of went through a bit of an angry atheist phase a little bit mm. and I I didn't really feel ready to share it with any of my family and then before long it took off and I was like an atheist activist and I'm like how do I tell my family that that's what I do for a living right. <laughs> like undoing everything that they've been working towards mm -hmm. shit but uh because <laughs> you know, my, my family like pretty much all my family like both my my parents my mm -hmm. aunt my uncle my like just my family is super religious we've got like pastors and missionaries, and, like, missionaries and stuff and so when when we get together for family reunions it's just like super jesus focused and then they're like so uh you know what, are, what have you been up to lately <laughs> Oh, just dismantling your religion. It's fine. I'm just scared from the neighborhood <laughs> activist. Oh, I was a guest with Baff and Mel on the Burger yeah, Podcast. Yeah, these motherfuckers, yeah. <laughs> oh, they do this nice. Yeah, and, and, and meanwhile, like, I've, uh, you know, and, and there's stuff that I'm doing that, like, are kind of sort of these, like, momentous periods in my my journey where, like, I, I did an interview with James Randi. And he's, oh, like, a legend in, in, like, I did? Holy shit. And I what? can't share that with any of my family. Like, if it's if, amazing. if I were to tell them, they'd be like, who's that? Oh, like, he's, you know, some, like, atheist guy who's, like, you know, debunking all the, you know, spiritual stuff. Well, wow. we're glad that he's taking on con artists, psychics, but, like, there's real demons that people will tap into. And, like, uh. you know, the devil wants you to think he's not real, but, uh. yeah. Mm. And so, I, like, I can't share these moments. Like, right, I, right. You know, I'm, I'm going to these conferences and meeting people and, like, having people on my show and stuff. And I'm super excited about it. And, like, the only ones that I can maybe mention is, like, I, I interviewed um, Dr. Paul Offit, who was, like, a doctor on the – I think it was, like, the FDA's Vaccine Advisory Committee while COVID was, like, mm. really becoming a thing and taking off. And, like, he's the guy that, like, he invented oh, – what, what vaccine was it? Um no it was it, it wasn't the mmr it was it was like one before that but like he spent like a, a decade or two of his life like creating a vaccine which how many people can say that they need a vaccine to get like and like yeah. not only that but the one that he made is like responsible for saving like several million lives holy shit and oh so uh, you know that that's someone who i can kind of be like hey look here's this cool thing that's not connected at all to right. religion that i did right. And even still, like, my parents are, are like, well, we're not sure we want to get the vaccine. I'm just like, oh, oh no. Yeah. 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 My, then my mom sorry. was in the same camp, and so was my dad when he was alive. But, um, yeah, that, that I, yeah. I, I am the black sheep of the family. So my, and my parents life... are pushing 70. Oh, wow. Yeah. I think so, like, my how, how old are, are your parents, Mel? My, my mom is, is 67, I think. So she, she's getting up there. Okay. Uh, my dad so, died last year, and he was. I'm sorry. No, don't be. Not COVID related, was it? No, it was a heart attack. Okay. Um, he's a piece of shit abuser. Yeah. I'm sorry. But uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, 
but uh, yeah, he, they're very Trump MAGA motherfucker. Mm. Like it was, it was really bad. But uh, yeah, I'm literally the only like black sheep in the family. Everybody is a Trumpster Christian, like crazy. Like mm, fuck. So and I think that's why we're we're like friends, and we just you know we we, we do the show mm. <laughs> poorly. I may add poorly. But it's it's a way. It's I feel like it's a good way to kind of commiserate and to you know be like, hey, I just like. Right. This is therapy, man. Like, it, is, it is because oh, yeah, this is it, definitely therapy for for me for like my story. Like, yeah. um, I was very shy and quiet as a kid. Like, my because my dad would lecture us for like four hours on you know whatever bullshit, and uh, I would always just sit in th there and like take it, so, sort of speak. Mm. And I never voiced my opinion ever. So when he came along, it was like, hey, you want to start a podcast? I'm like, fuck yeah! <laughs> so I still consider myself like a baby atheist um so i'm always learning always always learning and how long have so, you been out um like out out like like maybe a couple like because i i grew up christian uh baptized at 16 taught sunday school so 17 18 um i've kind of always been an atheist but like i've been out out for like a couple years now and this is this is like it, like you just said it's like therapy and uh growing up i mean I, as you heard earlier i had a stutter and i still have a stutter but this is like amazing for me this is like so we were on a on a panel together um in was it april uh, yeah april uh, yeah at um, the atheist american atheist, atheist convention we were yeah. invited to be on the panel i saw and, part if, of it. and yeah. if you were to tell me tell my like 10 year old self that i was public speaking <laughs> like <laughs> i almost started crying you know but yeah. uh but no, like I, this is fucking therapy, and I love it. Yeah. Even even though I hate him, but I love it, <laughs> I love um, it so much. <laughs> the the more that you do this, the more that you start to like. You go to different conferences, and you start realizing, like, mm. oh hey, I see all these people, you know, at various different events. Not not yeah. all the same people, but you you know, you start to kind of recognize faces and people. Right. And it, it, totally. In addition to the online community, it sort of becomes this secular family where we're all kind mm. of very much therapeutically so. commiserating with each other on yeah. our frustrations. <laughs> yep. And that was, well, I think his too, our first atheist convention. Cause I usually go to like mm. nerd conventions, like, cause I would, my, I cosplay and do all mm. that fun stuff. Um, so this was like my first, my first actual like adult conference, you know, <laughs> yeah. like actually learning. <laughs> are are um, you going to Dragon Con by any chance? I've been once and I'm dying to go back again. Cause okay. I went a couple years back and we had like seven people in the room. We were drunk the whole fucking weekend. <laughs> I, I brought like six six of my cosplays like it was yeah. it was nuts it was fucking nuts and i loved every second of it because there's Dra dragon con apparently has like a bunch i've never been to it before but it's, they have a bunch of tracks yes yes like if, if you have like a niche you will find a, a track of it really? it's insane of there's the tracks... battle bots there was like battle bot fighting it was amazing like that's awesome sorry like, like, i can go on and on about dragon con but well, um, one of the tracks is skepticism no way. And so they'll they'll have different people come out and, and speak, you know, on like science and skepticism. No and, shit. and it's it's a good way to because it's all one giant conference, you'll get bleed over, I think, from other rooms and stuff where people like coming and checking it out. Right. And so I'm I I was asked if I wanted to speak at the conference and sent an, an invite, but I was like super slammed with something for like a week and oh. apparently there was like a deadline that i didn't realize was like a window was closing oh, no. and so when i clicked on the the link it was too late and they said well let me see if i can get you a link to apply late yeah. so maybe i might be speaking there 
Um, but we'll see. That'd if not this year, who knows? Maybe next year. But th- then there's also NanoCon, I think, is is coming up, and that's in Nashville, Tennessee. If any of you mm. guys are interested in that one, why would Sun One want to go there though? In Tennessee. <laughs> well, Nashville, Nashville <laughs> has a lot of live music. And you like that, Beth. I you, do. You like I'm, live t- music. I'm, I'm too brown to be walking around <laughs> in that area of the country. I don't but know about that. But you're a citizen. It's fine now. <laughs> it. It, it is interesting like when you think of like racism and, and skin color and stuff. Like when, when you're in Texas and when you're in like Florida and stuff, you, you would think that there would be more racism here because it's like super conservative Mm -hmm. and like there is some but compared to places where like you start going a little bit more inland but not like north north Mm. and you know you start kind of you're in kind of like south carolina Mm. and like tennessee and like you know kentucky and stuff and you know even even louisiana like outside of new orleans you start going further north and stuff and like it's just a whole nother level man <laughs> i don't know georgia yeah but, but the weird thing is like uh in florida at least like all like the like central florida miami i think like tallahassee jacksonville is all like blue and the rest mm. of the fucking state is red and that's why we have yeah. fucking DeSantis, asshole piece of shit in, anyway in Texas, um, a lot of the cities are blue and then mm. you go outside and it's red but they've gerrymandered it so crazy right. that like literally if yeah. if it wasn't for gerrymandering i think texas would probably be a blue state oh yeah. wow but it's yeah it's, right now it's i think last election it was like close to purple or something like it was it was texas is getting to the point it's, where it's like, might be a swing state but now right. that all this these laws and stuff are passing a lot of people are going to be leaving texas who are progressive and so right. all the the blue voters from california that came into texas that potentially were on the verge of flipping it right might now leave so mm. we'll see but and then we just like like take out texas and florida just cut them out just, just cut them out just so, like see so them it's it's but. it's weird because texas wants to secede and mm, yeah, yeah most most of the people in texas don't but the the lawmakers are all you know talking about it and getting about it and right ultra conservative people are and if texas were to do that as, as long as like me and my family can get out I wouldn't yeah. mind. Yeah, I, I, my, my husband and I want to get out because out of Florida, because Florida. But yeah, <laughs> if, if I could just get all my stuff, yes. all my possessions, and just leave Texas and go to the rest of the the, the U.S. If Texas secedes mm-hmm. and maintain my my U.S. citizenship, yeah, then the U.S. would turn blue, and Texas would be able to be like the reddest of the red states, and you know, right. a lot of people would suffer a lot. Like yeah. it would suck for a lot of people down there. And, but, you know, the, the rest of the U.S. would be able to really, really change a lot of its policies for the better and, and wouldn't be I mean, this gridlock. Maybe we could, if, if they do secede, then maybe the U.S. could actually help the people who want to get out of Texas. And it could, if they can't financially, you know, actually help them out. I don't know. You know, what, what would wind up happening is Texas would basically be a recipient of, you know how like the U.S. will like export aid to, to foreign countries? Yeah. Texas would be like one of the largest recipients <laughs> of like. I mean, <laughs> shit. Mm. Be like, oh yeah, look at look at how successful we are as this religious theocracy, Ooh. and like, wait, how many billions are you getting in aid from the? <laughs> right. 
Wow. <laughs> like Texas, like I feel Texas would become Gilead from The Handmaid's Tale. 100%. Hmm. I, I don't know if you watched The Handmaid's Tale or read the book. I, I've only seen like, I think one or two episodes. Mm -hmm. I started watching it like with my ex and mm -hmm. like she she's like, I can't take this. And so we stopped watching it. I, th I think that's what happened. This was a mm -hmm. long time ago. I mean, um, it's, it was, it's yeah. very tough to watch, but it's it's worth it. Yeah, it's like a documentary um, now, Jesus. Literally, literally. Fuck. But I, I get some of the references. Mm. It's, yeah, basically just they control everything, all the women. It's it's fucking terrible. Yeah. But that's that's where we're headed anyway right now, so. Well, Yay. that's the trend. Yeah. Just, I'm hoping that this is just one of those like two steps forward, one step back type of situations where mm. this is like the dying. I hope so. These, these are the, the death groans of religious theocracy and Christian nationalism where basically like as they're starting to realize that they're losing their majority position and like right. more and more and more people are deconverting and leaving evangelicalism, like right. they're starting to become more and more of a minority. And they're terrified that like they're going to be exposed Belled or right. you know executed or like rounded up and shot or something like it's, that it's and like this country treats minorities poorly or something right and they're scared that's what that's what it is but at the same time it's like no one is is calling for a great replacement it's like you can live together like right. you can right. yeah. you know if in fact if you actually created a society that was inclusive mm. and not judgmental what and helped others what? and was supportive no, and no. built others up stop stop, stop. No. <laughs> they're bringing too much logic into this <laughs> too much logic we're not way. about logic oh, here so really? you and your library sir and your knowledge <laughs> and your logic i don't know about this sir i don't know i don't know <laughs> but it's almost like if you made a society like that right then if you wound up becoming a minority, then like the other people would be like, you know what? They were pretty good to us. Like, you know, <laughs> right, like right. everyone has succeeded. Look at how awesome this has turned out. Like, let's kind of keep this whole thing going. Right. As opposed to like, you know, they're worried it's going to be like the French Revolution. And it's like, well, yeah, but think about <laughs> like the, the, the atrocities with the French Revolution. Like the, the reason that, that we remember like in, in history that like, oh my gosh, they were like, taking all of the wealthy people and like executing them like how horrible is that they killed all these people yeah well here's a piece of of history that most people forget and that's that there wasn't a single thing that the the poor people did in the french revolution that the wealthy people at the top hadn't been doing to them before what mm -hmm. was so like like monumental and historical about it was that like now that stuff was also like happening to the people at the top hmm. at scale and it's yeah. like yeah i absolutely don't condone that like that's horrible that's horrific but right. like when you create a society where like tortures the norm and where people are like executed and there's public hangings and public lynchings and stonings and executions yeah. and beheadings right. and there's like literally like the execution guy with like his his <laughs> chopping axe and stuff right. yeah. and you don't really have trials and you don't have a rule of law and you don't have like a, you know tried by the jury of your peers like there's no system of justice when you create that kind of society it's almost like all the people that live there are like 
nah, that's just entertainment. <laughs> right. <laughs> that was a thing. Like before the French Revolution, everyone's like, yeah, oh yeah, let's go down and like we're bored. Let's go watch a hanging. We gotta right. hang it at five. Exactly. <laughs> and so like that was that was society and so when people come along and say like oh look this is what happens when you abandon religion and it's like mm. well honestly nothing really changed all that happened was those at the bottom were like hey we're tired of being like pissed on right, right. and and so they took everything that had been done to them and they're like what if we turn the tables and the system that had been created with you know the monarchs and the church and stuff at the top was now experiencing everything that they've been doing for the last several hundred years so right. You know, I, I don't, I don't think, and it's not a matter of like, this is good and this isn't and stuff. It's like, no, it's all crap. It's all garbage. Like, you know, as a humanist, I don't condone any of that stuff. Right. Right. But you have to have a system where you have equality. And mm -hmm. if, if you treat everyone like garbage, the way that, you know, a lot of people at the top in the U S are treating people at the right. bottom, yep. I don't think it's French revolution levels, you know, but there's definitely some horrible atrocities and there's inequalities and there's there's ways that people are being kept down. And as long as that continues or continues to get worse, mm -hmm. it's only a matter of time between those at the bottom who like we don't have tremendous amounts of wealth. We don't have, you know, tremendous armies and stuff, but we have a lot of people where we have right. a majority. It's only a matter of time before that group becomes unsettled enough to like yep. stop taking it. Revolution. So, yes. And it, and it scares me because like there's there's very rarely are there revolutions that are bloodless. Mm. It's and and so the question is, will we be able to, you know, raise enough noise and get enough people in office to actually be able to change things before it gets to that point? Right. I'm right. not sure we will, mm. and I hope I'm wrong. I really really hope I'm wrong. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. And that's one of the reasons why I kind of speak out on my channel is to maybe like get enough voices to kind of like, you know, stop perpetuating their own suffering and, and voting these people into office. And right. You know, yeah. People I mean, voting against their own interests. Right. I mean, it sucks time. though, because like you vote people in that you think will help change shit, but they mm. do jack shit once they're in office. And I'm I'm sick and tired of hearing no, just just vote, go vote. Like we've been doing that, motherfuckers. Like do something, you know. But that's yeah. I don't know. Well, I mean, I, part of it right now is that, you know, we kind of have a bit of a stalemate. Mm -hmm. We haven't really had a point where we've had a significant majority in in Congress, in both the mm -hmm. House, the Senate, and the executive right. branch in a quite a while. Yeah. And so it's like, great, we have, you know, this 50-50 this split pretty much in the Senate. All right, so everyone turns out to vote, but it doesn't do anything because, you know, yeah. it's, it's not that, that you're, you weren't able to vote people in. It's that you have voter suppression, you have gerrymandering, you have districts yes. all divided up. And so, like, they're, yeah. they're rigging it however they can. Yeah. And then at the same time, you know, they're trying to get, new laws passed and stuff to, to make it even easier for them to, to rig this stuff. Mm -hmm. And then they're accusing the left of rigging the elections. Of course. Presidency. Yeah. Yep. yep. So it's, it's all projection. Yeah. Everything they say that we do or like the, the left. No, it's all, they fucking do that shit. Yeah. Well, and, and one of the, the worst things that like 
we, we have a two-party voter system. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a first-past-the-post voting system. Like, if, if basically you make it past the primary, like, it's just you and one other person, you know, right and left, red and blue, Democrat, mm -hmm. Republican. And so you wind up getting people who are not voting for the best candidate or the candidate they actually want. They're just voting for the one that they think will be able to beat the other guy. Mm -hmm. And so they're, they're voting for the lesser of two evils. Yeah. And it's a terrible system. It's, it's a horrible terrible system. Because like, there are other democratic systems where, you know, for example, like you can have ranked voting where in a ranked system, you would say, hey, here are my top 10 candidates. Mm -hmm. You know, my top number one candidate is not Joe Biden. Right. He might be way down here at the bottom, you know, or he might be halfway up or something, uh, depending on how many candidates and who they are. Right. You know, you might have at the very top, you might have, you know, Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren or something like that. But but you think if it's just going to be, you know, whoever wins this election goes on to, to face off against Trump. If that's the system, then I'm going to look at that and say, hey, I'm not sure Bernie Sanders is going to win. And literally, like, I had this conversation with my brother where he said, like, yeah, you know, I, I'd like to vote for, you know, someone more like Bernie or Elizabeth Warren, but th there's no way that they're going to win because America's not ready for a, a socialist candidate. Uh... That's literally what he said. And so instead, he voted for Biden. Hmm. And, and uh, you know, while I voted for Bernie, and then once Biden went on to the primary, I voted for Biden. Yeah. So it's we instead, if we had a system where you, you rank your choices... Then it's like if let's say that, you know, you have all the votes come in and you look and you say, OK, the, the top two right now are, you know, so and so and so and so. And, you know, if, if let's say that the person that, you know, got the least votes that maybe you had them at the top, they mm -hmm. got the least votes. Well, they got eliminated first. And so all the people who voted for them those votes go to their second choice. Oh, shit. They might, okay. go, to, they might go to various right. candidates. Okay. And then the next person, the next row gets eliminated. And then the next one until basically everyone's favorite choice okay. kind of averaged out mm -hmm. winds up being the candidate. Hmm. And so then your, your voting, it's not just going to, well, I think this person has the best shot of winning. This person has the most money. This person has, you know, the, the mainstream media behind them. This person has, you know, cause, cause then we just, what we wind up getting every single time is an establishment candidate. Right. And so the, I think the only way out of this mess, cause there's so much, there's so many things that are broken in this society. And I could do a whole episode just on, you know, yeah. economic changes that need to be made, but like until we get, our voting system fixed yeah. it's yeah. something like a ranked voting system mm -hmm. we're never really going to see change right I, you know i would say we need to get money out of politics i would say that we need to get you know um all of these uh lobbyists and stuff out of congress and stuff in order to, mm -hmm. to actually represent the people but i don't think that that's going to happen until we get a ranked voting system right so right. so much logic today this episode <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm just satiated with logic today, and my it's brain is swollen. So uncomfortable. Uh, so uncomfortable. <laughs> got, got blue brain. Um, so, <laughs> one final question for you: um, mm. What is the best advice uh, for someone who is newly deconstructing? Mm. That's a good question. I would say, don't stop learning, mm -hmm. but be patient. Like, be patient with yourself. Yeah. Be patient with others. Most people didn't intend to lie to you. If you feel like you've been lied to your whole life, it's, it's natural to feel angry and frustrated and upset. Right. Most people are trying their best. And um, I, I love Hanlon's razor, which says, 
never attribute malice to that which can be adequately explained by ignorance. Mm. Okay. There's a lot of people who don't necessarily know what they're doing or why what they're doing is harmful or why what they're doing or saying is wrong. And there's, there's a lot of ignorance out there. Yes. Most people yes. don't want to be malicious. Most people don't want to hurt others with some exceptions, but just yeah. be patient, continue to learn, stay curious. Like this is just the beginning. Like once you figured out like that, Hey, some of these gods aren't real. And I don't know if there's maybe some higher power or something, but like, I want to yeah. learn more. I want to figure right. it out. You know, that's just one question. That's just one question. What about like, you know, how we got here? How, what are the, the pieces to the puzzle of abiogenesis and how it works and how stars, you know, evolved in like stellar evolution? Like, what about all the, the processes like going on inside our brain and the psychology of like thought and belief and the way that humans think, all of the logical fallacies that we make? How can we avoid those? There's so many things that we can learn about our own history and development. Like, don't stop exploring and being curious. Excellent. I love that. That's awesome. <laughs> and speaking of the, you were saying, um, I don't know how it came to my head, but oh, the stars or something. What did you say? I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, like stellar evolution? Stellar yeah, evolution. That, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, we have the fucking images from the telescope, James mm. Webb telescope, and you have it behind you. Yes. Um, yeah. I fucking love that, that shit. freaking cool. Like, I just cried. Yeah. <laughs> and then we have this, right? Which is yeah. so mind blowing. You can God. see like the, the gravitational lensing. I was just, yeah, I was just about to say like the the curving of yeah, yeah. fucking just. The, the crazy thing too with that photo is that photo, which you know it it it's gonna look blurry through Streamyard and like compressed. Yeah. Of course, if right, you pull right. that photo from like Facebook or somewhere, it's gonna look even blurrier because they yeah. compress it down. But if you right. get like high res images and stuff, like there's so much there, detail. And then yes, realize yep. that, like yes. that is like a grain of sand held like, like, length. Bloop. That is like you zoom out and 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 it's like, oh, now you're to about like a fifth right. the width of the moon or something. Like, <laughs> like, I, I, I can't comprehend shit. that. I cannot. Yeah. My mind is like. And each what? one of those dots is galaxies. Right. Yeah. Like, and the, the the redder they are, the further away they are because of the redshift, right? And the infrared um, light. Well, I'm not sure if it's just how red or how blue they are, so much as like when you look at the spectral analysis of like mm -hmm. where the the spikes are in, in um, on a spectroscope, then you you'll see different patterns for various chemical elements, and those I think will shift one way or another. I think yeah. whether or not it looks red or blue depends on like what type of gas is burning, like from the visual, like mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. it might shift visually. It might shift a little more blue or red, but I, I am not a, an astrophysicist. So I'm, I'm speaking outside my expertise. Um, but it. what I, what I do know is that if there are hundreds and hundreds of billions of galaxies, and each one of those has hundreds of billions of stars. And each one of those stars potentially has planets and potentially has multiple planets or dozens of planets. Right. And there's, that's a lot of chance for mm -hmm. life, but they're so far away. Like they're like, we haven't even gotten 
remotely close to traveling at the speed of light. And yet right. if we could get that fast, it would still take us tens of thousands of years to like- We haven't even left our solar system. ones, yeah. Like, yeah. Well, the, the closest ones, if we could probably get to in like a couple years, like Alpha Centauri, I think is like a mm. couple year light years away, but it's like tens of thousands of years at our current speeds. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, there, there's, it's, it's all out there, but it's so far away. And, and it's like, it makes you feel small. Yes. It makes you realize- how tiny you are and it's like <laughs> just, you're not insignificant uh, to the people around you you're not insignificant to um, other humans and so I like that we, we don't have to have this cosmic meaning where this grand deity thinks that we're special and or important for right. us to have significance and to be special to others and to ourselves yeah. notice yeah. how in that photo there's no God. There, there, there wasn't. He's any. outside of time and space, Bath. God. <laughs> God. It's like a microwave, you know. He's like standing outside, and then he pr pushes the button. There's the, everything's God. in there. He's over here. He just fucking just chilling, backing so, off, or whatever. Uh, Watching I you like. jack off. Yeah. <laughs> Listen, if you're gonna watch me masturbate, just fucking help. Like, lend me a hand. <laughs> like, get some lube. Like, do something. You know, buy me dinner or something. I don't know. Well, I mean, here's a question: If if God is, or if Jesus is God, mm -hmm. and it's taken him two thousand years, like let's say he left and he went back to wherever God is to heaven, mm -hmm. and maybe he like in that whole time, like if Earth was here and it's like flying through space, and yeah. then like he's just like, hang on, BRB, and he like goes back and he comes out. <laughs> crap i misplaced it <laughs> <laughs> if, if if that's what happened then oh, if shit. jesus can't even find our freaking I, planet after 2000 years jesus is just a star how the hell like he's just high him? you know like <laughs> if he can't even find our planet after 2000 years how do you expect him to find your g-spot and help you out with that find <laughs> yeah, he can't find the fucking clit okay like <laughs> Oh man! Can your daddy you... make me like? God. <laughs> God damn it, Thomas! I want to say thank you very much for joining us today. So, where can we find you? Um, type we... Holy Kool Aid into just about any browser. Yeah. Um, YouTube is kind of the main place where it shows up. And you I'm, also I'm... have a TikTok now, right? <gasps> I do. Ooh. I do. I'm not ridiculously active yet but if everyone starts following me on tiktok then that might incentivize me to start pumping out more short content so we like when you pump it's fine oh my god um, you already have an account warning by the way Jesus i like because I, I went to stalk you and i'm like account warning i'm like you're an atheist yep wait yep. what's my what did i get a warning for no he doesn't just oh, yes he does no, i just fucking just no, like you know, saw it you know you know what i got a warning for hmm. there was like a it was a video that i was I was responding to of course. Greg Locke. Uh, <laughs> of course, Greg Locke. And Greg Locke was saying how he was so persecuted. Uh, he, he was so persecuted that he had his Twitter account removed. Right, right, right. And my Poor video thing. basically just laid Poor it out to him. And I was like, dude, you didn't get your Twitter account removed because you're a conservative Christian, which is what he said. It was that he's right. being persecuted for being a conservative Christian. Right. Of course. I'm like, you became famous over the whole, um, like when Target was saying, hey, if you're trans, you can use the bathroom, you know, the gender right. you identify with. Right. And, and he threw a, a hissy fit over that. 
And then he started like ranting in his car. He was like denying the election and stuff. And like, he was, you know, anti-vaxxer and whatnot. And like saying all of this stuff and also being like having literal witch hunts in his church. I was just about to say like- Seriously. And, yeah. And he's yeah. like a complete nut and like just really extremist stuff. And in that whole process, like I, I basically laid out this whole list of like 10 or 20 horrible things that he said and done. And then I said, like, you you lost your Twitter account after violating the terms of service that you agreed to. Mm. Right. The rules that you agreed to play by. Now you're like, right. this shouldn't apply to me. With Jordan Peterson yeah. with the whole um, Elliot Page thing that he's yeah. just he dead named uh, Elliot Page. Like, this it's motherfucker. Like- when you play Monopoly and there's like rules and right. you roll a five and you move it seven spaces and right. the person's like, hey, that's not how it works. And you're like, you're right. persecuting me for my religion. <laughs> I swear to God, it's a kink. Like they want to be persecuted. It's like, persecute me harder, daddy. Like, <laughs> so in my video, I, I, at the very end of the video, I said like, you're you're not persecuted. You're just being a dick. Like you need, <laughs> you need to understand the difference. Yes. And and nice. as soon as I posted that video, TikTok's like, "Hey, we don't normally like talk like this on TikTok. Like this isn't very nice." And I'm just like, "What are we fucking for? Like, oh, yeah. the poor little pastor got his feelings hurt. Right. Oh no, <laughs> throw some balls. And these are the ones that are calling us snowflakes. And yet, yep. like, right? Yep. Yeah. If I say you're being a dick, dude, like, yeah. apparently that's too much. And so I get a, a warning on my TikTok account. Great. So. Yeah. My account's close to being banned. This is account number yeah. seven. And oh, I have geez. an eighth account up now. But yeah. What's the, <sighs> what's the highest you've gotten to in followers before you've lost? My main account, my first account ever back in 2020 was at 26,000. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, I had a couple, like, three one million view videos. Oh. Um, because I didn't start out as an atheist. I started out like cosplayer, like mm-hmm. stupid videos. Now I make stupid atheist content. Um, but <laughs> shut up. <laughs> um, but yeah, now it's like I, I would lose my account the second I hit a thousand because you need a thousand to go live. Mm-hmm. And uh, this, as soon as I hit a thousand, it would be banned. But now it's, it's oh, I'm gosh. at almost almost 5,000 now. So. Oh, wow. so, but, so when you go live, then like you pull in all the people that like just mass I get so many fucking 12 year old Christians just saying, mm-hmm. what are you doing? What you, you're Satan? I'm not a fucking Satanist. You believe in Satan? No, no, I don't. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. she uses that's the devil funny. filter. I use that's devil filter because I'm fucking lazy and, you know, yeah. but I think that's one reason why I've, I've kind of stuck more to YouTube is that like, I only, I, I already have a curated audience and like on YouTube, right. When I pump out a video, the first people to see it are mm-hmm. my audience and my fans. And because yeah. I, I, I try to make my videos, like I don't make my videos for kids. Right. I, like I, I gear it right. towards people who can understand the concepts I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm very clear about that because I don't want my videos to be labeled as for kids because then you get like this whole thing with YouTube and advertising and it just right. becomes a mess. Yeah. Um, but also in doing that, most of the people who follow me are atheists or mm-hmm. people who are into thinking deeply about like philosophy and the Bible and stuff like that. Right. And so I tend to have the first like, 10,000 people that see any video are going to be like giving some sort of positive feedback, even if it's constructive criticism. Right, right. It's not just like, you're the devil and like, you know, just yeah. go and, and get angry and stuff. And so because those are the first people to comment, 
those comments are the first ones to get upvoted. So those are like the top comments. Uh, okay. And so I yeah. never have to, and, and I have like on YouTube, there's, um, initially I was opposed to blocking any comments whatsoever because I was just like, I, I'm all for free speech. I don't want to censor and stuff. Right. But then I would get like so much spam. Mm. and people, like posting all these links and stuff that was just like right. spam stuff that's like right. not even half the time it's bots yeah or you get someone that'll come in and they'll just like mass post like mm. you know this whole like turn to jesus here's a million bible verses uh, yes like, yep. And yep. On yep. oh my yep. god yep yep and to me that's not free speech that's just saying like hey you don't get to just like come in and like with a loudspeaker into you know i can't walk into a church and just be like there is no god and like right. start shouting exactly right yeah and so i i basically just youtube has like an automatic like uh filter out um potentially like spam or abusive mm -hmm. comments you know so if yeah. people are coming in and just like dropping the n-word or something like it's right. gonna cut that stuff out and not yeah. post it um and so i that like 95 percent of the comments that i see now on mm -hmm. youtube are not like terrible comments which when i go nice. on TikTok, it's it's yeah. kind of a different story <laughs> yeah. yeah so like i get targeted because a i'm a woman uh, i'm sorry a plus size woman atheist mm -hmm. and i've gotten death threats i've gotten like haven't you, know, you done enough I, <laughs> yeah. go back in the kitchen like because i usually <laughs> your cleavage stuff and i don't care what i fucking look like most of the time um so most of my shit gets reported for like serious pornography and i'm like <laughs> what <laughs> i have an OnlyFans. that's that's that but no like what am i like i'm covered usually covered up you know when yeah. they report me for that but they'll report you for anything any you, you should just thing. start you should just start doing videos like in a hijab Ah! Just, but, but then be like you know hello brothers and sisters i'm here to tell you that like god is a lie and then just like suddenly just like go off on this atheist rant and everyone will just be like their minds will be blown like wait a minute like, oh shit <laughs> yeah so i i get targeted a lot for that um, or like a nun a nun outfit i do have a nun outfit but is it a, is it, but it's, um, is it an appropriate nun outfit that will TikTok? Well, no, we no. our past episode that we recorded recently <laughs> is with this lady who goes by Sister She's Murray J. Just fucking hilarious. She has puppets and she reads the Bible cover to cover, making hilarious commentary. She's um, and she dresses like a nun. Yeah. <laughs> People ask her, "Are you really a nun?" And she's like, "What the fuck? No." It's like I bought this on Amazon. <laughs> right. <laughs> like I, I went into the Halloween store and went to the sexy nun costume. <laughs> but yeah. So. All right, so well, thank you so much. Uh, let's do a quick announcements. Uh, we do want to remind you that we have a merch store, and if you go to the description of this episode, you will see the link to the merch store. We have added some stuff, and uh, we'll let you check it out on your own. <laughs> yeah. Might have to do with you know pegging Jesus. Pegging, it's fine. No. It's fine. It's fine. No, <laughs> don't... yeah, pegging Jesus. Yeah. I mean, it's what the Lord wants. Anyway, uh, please don't forget to subscribe to our channel, smash that like button, and hit the notification. Bill, so you don't miss our episode. New episode. <laughs> <laughs> Just I can't even do it correctly. God damn it. We release episodes on Mondays, as always, and they are still available as audio only if you prefer that format. Yes. Don't forget to check it out. Give us a voice, leave us a voice message. Spicy voice message. Uh, <laughs> And rate us on Spotify. Give us no less than five stars, please. If it's less than five stars, you believe in Jesus. It's that simple. 
That's right. God. Uh, follow <laughs> us on Twitter. Uh, the Our joint one is at Baff and Mel 666. Mine is at Meltree Fitty. And his is at Mel. Uh, <laughs> damn it. At Baff and Metal 666. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Words. And lastly, we also have a Patreon if you would like to support us. If you like what we do, you, you can just say that you like me a lot. It's okay. Just if you like Baff, uh, you can support us, me. <laughs> All right, bitch. All right. We have some. <laughs> All right, see, bitch. We, we have uh, we have tiers that you can support us with, and I think it starts at what three bucks. Yeah, 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 something like that. Yeah, yeah. If Ten you, bucks or more, you, you get a titty, but you don't you know by who. If you feel we're worth three dollars a month. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh <my God>. Anyway. <laughs> And we always want to give this resource, recoveringfromreligion.org. Yes, yes. They yes. are amazing. We had the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Daryl Ray mm, one of, on our first video episode, yes. which was amazing and hilarious. So if you want to you know, find a community and you are recovering from religion, they have the Secular Therapy Project as well where you can connect with a secular therapist, as the name says. It's fucking amazing. They do fantastic work. Yes. And once more, thank you so fucking much, Mr. Thomas. You you are so logical and smart. Yes. It's because he reads... <laughs> that I'm telling you, that library is no, just it's, full it's, of books. It's all the the compliments and the flattery. It, it gives me a big head. Which <laughs> Wait, which head are we talking about? <laughs> whoa, 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 whoa! <laughs> like, Wait, so, those are a different kind of compliment. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> okay, then. So we are going to wrap it up. We appreciate you, Mr. Thomas. Yes. Holy Kool Aid. Yes. And that is what the Lord wants. Amen. Amen. Amen.